Are President Trump's tariffs putting America first or not? That's the subject of tonight's Point of View podcast. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. There has been a lot of discussion since the G7 summit that took place over the weekend. Some strong words between President Trump, his administration, which seem to be focused on the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. I don't think all the words were really focused at Mr. Trudeau. I'm going to explain in tonight's podcast, and it's important to keep in mind that President Trump is using these tariffs on aluminum and steel as negotiating tools. He even said at the G7 summit, look, I don't want any tariffs. I don't want any barriers. I don't want any subsidies. That's just not the reality of the trade world right now. That's why he's using these tariffs as tools of negotiation. America first. That's the subject of tonight's point of view. And over the weekend, the G7 summit was held in Canada. President Trump literally, maybe not literally, but pretty close to you, ran circles around the reporters during Saturday's press conference. Uh, here are a couple of the highlights. The fact that the United States leaders of the past didn't do a good job on trade. And again, I'm not blaming countries. I'm blaming our people that represented our past. Uh, it's uh, going to change. It's going to change. I mean, it's not a question of I hope it changes. It's going to change 100 percent. And tariffs are going to come way down because we people cannot continue to do that. We're like the piggy bank that everybody's robbing. And that ends. <laughs> the piggy bank. Trump saying that because, look, the United States right now, we've got about a 20 trillion with a T, 20 trillion dollar economy. Well, Canada's it's about 1.8 trillion. I shouldn't chuckle, but I mean, come on, Mexico's is even less. You got to ask yourself, why are we letting, for example, Canada put these huge tariffs on products? Well, we're not doing that. Does that make any sense to you? Because you got to understand what President Trump is really doing with these steel and aluminum tariffs. It's negotiating tools. He doesn't want tariffs. These are negotiation tools. And the reason I know that is because President Trump even surprised his top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, when he said this at the press conference. No tariffs, no barriers. That would, that's the way it should be. And no subsidies. No tariffs, no barriers, no subsidies. He's all for free and fair trade. Fair, obviously, being the key word there. So that's why Trump is using these tariffs. They are simply negotiating tools to create, hopefully, more free and fair trade for all of us here in America. I want to show you what I mean here in a moment. But first, after the presser, uh, then that's when the fireworks really began at the G7 summit. As President Trump almost literally was leaving Canadian airspace to meet with Little Rocket Man, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said this about the tariffs on steel and aluminum. Um, Canadians um, did not take it lightly uh, that the United States has moved forward with significant tariffs on our steel and aluminum industry, particularly did not take lightly the fact that it's based on a national security uh, reason that um, for Canadians who either themselves or whose parents or community members have stood shoulder to shoulder with American soldiers in far-off lands and conflicts um, from the First World War onwards, um, that it's kind of insulting. And I highlighted that it was not helping in our uh, renegotiation of NAFTA, and that it would be with regret, but it would be with absolute certainty and firmness that we move forward 
with retaliatory measures on July 1st, applying equivalent tariffs to the ones that the Americans have uh, unjustly applied to us. Oh my gosh, when you compare that to Donald Trump, I mean, how boring is that? That is the old guard right there. That's exactly the antithesis of Donald Trump when he said, look, we're gonna shake things up. Now, speaking of insulting, if anyone should be insulted by tariffs, it should be the United States that's insulted by these tariffs. I'm gonna talk about that here in just a moment, but first, President Trump not pleased with these insulting comments, especially since he had just said that he and the other G6 countries have a level 10 out of 10 relationship. <laughs> Whatever that means. So on his way to Singapore to meet with Kim Jong-un, President Trump tweeted this out. Based on Justin's, that's what he calls Prime Minister Trudeau, based on Justin's false statements at his news conference and the fact that Canada is charging massive tariffs to our U.S. farmers, workers, and companies, I have instructed our U.S. reps not to endorse the communique as we look at tariffs on automobiles flooding the U.S. market. I don't know about you, but I love that he is sitting there standing up for our U.S. farmers. Here's what you need to understand right there with that tweet. Everyone's talking about Trudeau and Trump. This is Trump's 40 chess, okay? This is how he plays the game. Let me explain. Trump knows he can leverage, quote unquote, Justin. We have a $20 trillion economy. Canada's is 1.8, all right? The reason Trump put that tweet out, it's not just because of the insulting comment from Prime Minister Trudeau. Most importantly, the reason President Trump put that, put that out was to show, remember, he was on his way to Singapore to meet with Kim Jong-un. That was to show Kim Jong-un, look, if our allies are gonna talk smack about me behind my back, then let me just show you how hard I'm gonna hit back at them, our allies, by not signing this G7 communique. So take this as a little sign, Mr. Rocketman, that if I'm gonna punch back this hard at our allies, just try me coming up in Singapore and you'll see how hard I'm gonna hit back at somebody who's a dictator that has threatened the United States with nukes. That was the purpose of the tweet predominantly. Now, as he said in the presser, Kim, meaning the presser from Saturday, President Trump, Kim Jong-un, this is his one chance. This is his one chance to get this situation right for his regime and for the people of North Korea. We'll talk about the North Korea situation in a few moments, but back to the tariffs and putting America first. President Trump also tweeted this out. He said, PM Justin Trudeau of Canada acted so meek and mild during, during our G7 meeting, which he just did in that presser too, G7 meetings, only to give a news conference after I left saying that U.S. tariffs were kind of insulting and he will not be pushed around. Very dishonest and weak. Our tariffs are in response to his 270% tariff on dairy. Did you know that Canada charges our dairy producers a 270% tariff? Remember, Ag Secretary Purdue and, and Governor Doug Burgum, they're going to break this tariff down for you in just a moment. I want to first play for you uh, what President Trump's trade advisor, Pete Navarro, said on Fox News Sunday about Prime Minister Trudeau's insulting comments. Chris, there's a, a special place in hell for any foreign leader that engages in bad faith diplomacy with President Donald J. Trump and then tries to stab him in the back on the way out the door. And that's what bad faith Justin Trudeau did with that stunt press conference. That's what weak, dishonest Justin Trudeau did. And that comes right from Air Force One. And I'll tell you this. To my friends in Canada, that was one of the worst political miscalculations of a Canadian leader in modern Canadian history. Okay, not exactly the words I would use, but again, I got to remind you, right? President Trump, Mr. Navarro there, Larry Kudlow was on the Sunday shows as well. 
they're not necessarily talking to Justin Trudeau and the people of Canada. Who those comments are really focused on is little Rocket Man. They want to make sure that he's put in check. And unfortunately for Mr. Trudeau, he's getting some of the brunt of this because of him saying he feels, quote unquote, insulted by our tariffs on the steel and aluminum when they're charging us huge tariffs on products. So check this out just to show you how much Canada is imposing in tariffs on dairy. It's 270%. Sausage, they charge a tariff of 69%. Barley seed, 57%. Durham wheat, 49 And yet Canada's feeder cattle rolls right into the United States absolutely tariff-free. Is that free and fair trade? I mean, why are we allowing Canada and these other countries to charge us these huge tariffs like the 270 on dairy? I don't understand, and maybe you can explain this to me, how is that putting America first. Remember, President Trump just said a few moments ago, I shared you, he goes, look, I'd love to have no tariffs, no barriers, no subsidies, but that's just not the rules of the game right now. That's what he's negotiating to change. Now, just to put a point in all this, I also want to share with you, uh, when Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue was in Fargo recently, they held a press conference. I want to share with you what Mr. Perdue said, also Governor Doug Burgum, when it came to the situation with Canada and Mexico. I asked him at the press conference, hey, what would a win look like in NAFTA Here's what Secretary Purdue and Governor Burgum said. When we heard from the Durham farmers today, the unfair part of Durham wheat, that's the premium wheat grown here in North Dakota, uh, the Canadian farmers can come down here and sell their Durham wheat at our market fairly. Uh, our farmers take it across the line, and it's treated as feed wheat. And there's a huge price discretion between the uh, discrimination over feed wheat versus premium Durham. Canada, uh, your neighbor to the north, uh, keeps our dairy products out of there. They have what they call a supply management system, but they don't manage the supply, and they're dumping milk solids on markets that de depress our uh, uh, dairy industry here in the United States. So those are the kind of things that we think are wins uh, in the in the agricultural area. Right, but as the secretary said, there's some things that Canada's doing that's just not fair. This, this dairy uh, management supply thing they have artificially holds the price. They dump down here. And then even worse than that, they're making so much money in milk up there, then they're actually buying the production you know, of big, big milk producers in the United States. And so and then here we are in North Dakota, and our dairy industry has been basically devastated in North Dakota. I mean, there's single farms uh, in this country that have more dairy cattle than we've got in the entire state. And so we, 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 we need to get the fair piece back into the trade part. I'm all pro-trade, but it needs to be fair and it needs to make sure that it works for our farmers. Secretary listened to three or four guys that in this last meeting that all said, hey, I, my farm is within spitting distance of the Canadian border. And it's a, we're one ecosystem. We need to have an open border, but it has to be fair. Did you get that? I mean, Governor Bergham just said, look, it's so cheap that now Canada's actually buying up dairy to artificially you know, fix the prices to decimate our dairy producers here in the United States. <laughs> Why would we let them do that? That makes zero sense. By the way, Governor Burgum also met with some diplomats from Canada today to talk about trade and ag. He sent me a statement uh, just a few minutes ago. He said, in our meeting, we agreed on the need to update our trade agreements, there it is again, and find solutions that avoid retaliatory tariffs while reaffirming the trading partnership that benefits producers and consumers on both sides of the border. With ag and energy as our two largest industries, a healthy trading partnership with Canada is crucial to a strong economy in North Dakota. Important to note that Canada is North Dakota's number one export market. So I really want to know your point of view right now on all this. Is Trump putting America first by, by again, putting these tariffs in place to use his negotiating tools or 
Should we just allow these countries to continue to charge these massive tariffs on our products and do nothing uh, for putting America workers, America producers first? Would love to know your point of view. Obviously, it would be ideal to see no tariffs, no barriers, no subsidies, but just not sure how real that is in the immediate future. All right, let's move. Historical Singapore Summit, which is going to take place at 8 p.m. roughly our time here locally. On Saturday, President Trump was asked, hey, how long do you think it'll take for you to figure out whether Kim Jong-un, little rocket man, is serious to get a deal done or not? Here's President Trump. That's a good question. How long will it take? I, I think within the first minute. I'll know. How? Just my touch, my feel. That's what, that's what I do. Uh, how long will it take to figure out whether or not they're serious? I said, maybe in the first minute. You know, the way they say that you know if you're going to like somebody in the first five seconds. You ever hear that one? Well, I think that uh, very quickly I'll know whether or not something good is going to happen. I also think I'll know whether or not it will happen fast. So assuming this meeting starts on time, in roughly about 92 minutes, President Trump will know if we're going to have a deal done or not. <laughs> it is shocking what is happening right now in the world, obviously, with North Korean leader and President Trump sitting down. But so just before the show, President Trump tweeted this out about tonight's meeting. He said, the fact that I'm having a meeting is a major loss for the U.S. <laughs> Say the haters and the losers. We have our hostages, testing, research, and all missile launches have stopped. And these pundits who have called me wrong from the beginning have nothing else they can say. We will be fine. Uh, here's the schedule of events that's coming up tonight. President Trump is scheduled to meet with Kim Jong-un and only translators. So there's those two and only translators for about 45 minutes. That'll start at 8.15 p.m. our time. Then at 9 p.m. our time, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Chief of Staff John Kelly, and National Security Advisor John Bolton and Trump are going to meet for an expanded bilateral meeting. So history in the making tonight. Uh, we get a first-hand chance to watch this. I think it's amazing. I want to show you who else showed up in Singapore earlier today because recently, actually about five years ago, the person I'm going to share with you, he actually was on point of view back in March of 2013. We'll show you that clip in a moment, but the person I'm referring to is... The worm, Mr. Dennis Rodman. Here's what he said today in Singapore. Well, it's always a surprise, right? I'm here, right? And um, just happy to be here. I'm glad it's happening. After, after five years of waiting to see what's going on, I hope that things turn out to be well for everyone in the world. So that's why I'm here. Now, I show you all of this because I want to share with you what Rodman told our very own Robert Hahn back in 2013. This is March of 2013. I want you to listen very closely. Uh, Robert Hahn does a phenomenal job because I, th I think, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, but I think Dennis Rodman was a little bit uh, liquored up, if you will. So listen closely to what Dennis Rodman says. And because of that, we probably don't take him very seriously. But listen to what he says. And he may have been prophetic with Mr. Hahn back in 2013. In your words, you said that, quote, he doesn't want to do war. Do you still stand by that? I sure do. I sure do. He doesn't want to do anything. And one thing, my son over there said to him, guess what? We're here to do one thing. I didn't even try to meet the guy. The kid is awesome. But I think that his grandfather and his father built this whole thing up because he has to do this. He don't want to do anything. I know, that part I know. Do you... You've met him. I obviously haven't talked oh, to no him. Oh, no one, it was, it was, it was, I met the f 
<laughs> what do you feel he does want to do to get out? Of, he does wants, he, he want to get out of the shadow? Of no, his, his he father he, and he wants to do one thing, and I wish I'd bring him over here. He wants to do one thing. He wants to not fight. He asked me to tell Obama, please call me. That's all he asks. Call me. What's so incredible about that is that's what's happened. He just said he does not want to fight. Please tell President Obama back in the time, just call me. And now President Trump picked up the phone. Well, not literally, but obviously Pompeo did. Picked up the phone, and here we are with a summit less than 90 minutes away. These two world leaders are going to sit down and potentially uh, stop a nuclear war. We'll see how this plays out. We don't know at this point, but the fact they're even sitting down obviously is a step in the right direction. We'd love to know your point. In tonight's final view, another disgusting display from Hollywood and Broadway against our president when actor Robert De Niro stood up on stage at the Tony Awards last night and said, bleep Trump. So it's, one, it's bad enough to sit there and spew that kind of stuff. But the thing I would ask you is this. Why in the world would De Niro and, and Broadway and Hollywood say, bleep Trump? My question is this. Is it because of record unemployment in the black community? Is it because of record unemployment in the Hispanic community? Is it because Trump wants citizenship for over a million dreamers? I don't get it. Why in the world are they saying this stuff when you actually look at the data that's out there? But I want you to watch this clip. And the real reason I want to share this with you tonight, it's not so much because of what De Niro says. We know the guy's going to go out there and spew a bunch of garbage. But I want you to watch the audience response after De Niro says, bleep, Trump. To me, this is the most sickening part. It's no longer. A standing ovation for bleep Trump. Again, I ask you why. Why are they cheering? Why a standing ovation for saying that about a president that is really putting up record data for the United States of America? I also want to play this clip again of Samantha Bead. Have you noticed? Remember, she used the feckless C word about Ivanka. And notice again how the audience responds to this kind of disgusting comment. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child, but let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. He listens to you. Feckless C-word, they're cheering, clapping, and yelling. But you know what? Maybe Samantha Bee's got more power than we thought in the White House because today, Attorney Jeff, General, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced some changes to immigration reform, specifically about asylum seekers. The vast majority of the current asylum claims we're seeing are not valid, and you're not finding them valid. For the last five years, only 20% of claims have been found to be meritorious after a hearing before an immigration judge. We've talked about it a lot on this show. How do we know when these people say, well, I'm escaping gang violence in Honduras, that it's actually real or not? He's saying, hey, you know what? No mas, no mas, no mas. So we'd love to know your point of view. Oh, thank you.